to Robin and Joa Save the World, One Book at a Time, a spoiler-free podcast sponsored by the good folks at Koros Books. That's Koros with a Q. Hello, everyone. I'm Joa. And I'm Robin. Welcome to the Robin and Joa podcast, where today we have a very special guest, Barrett Laurie. That's right, friends, the Barrett Laurie of YouTube, of Twitter, of Instagram is with us today. Barrett, we welcome you. How are you today, my friend? I am wonderful. I am so excited to be with you too. We are extremely excited (laughs) to have you, Barrett. Barrett, you don't even know. Now, friends, if you've been living perhaps in a cave under a rock, (laughs) in a trunk somewhere, unable to escape, let me inform you what you need to know. Barrett, go to YouTube. Not right now. But after this episode, go to YouTube, (laughs) enter Barrett Laurie, Barrett, two R's, two T's, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E. That's right, Barrett Laurie. Oh, what a YouTube channel. Barrett, tell us, (laughs) tell us everything. How did you, how did you get started on YouTube? We want to know your journey. Tell us all the stories. Sweet. Well, I will tell you this. Most people in the author tube space, which is where I, the, the niche I hang out in, uh, most of us find it when we're writing a book and we have uh, lost a connection with our writing community, which for me happened in 2020. There was a, a thing that happened that sort of kept us all from our in person writing groups. Yes. <laughs> Right. And so um, and I'm uh, immunocompromised. I have Crohn's disease and I'm on chemotherapy treating it currently in a flare. So I was extra care, had to be extra careful. And I thought, now, wait a minute, I am really missing my writing community. I was getting ready to query a book. Uh, I was getting ready to jump into the scariest part for any writer. Uh, which is the query trenches and i needed community and i couldn't meet with my writing group in person and everybody was kind of falling apart from my in-person writing group as far as virtual um i was surprised at how how that didn't translate um so anyway i found my way to authortube and i started watching and there was a point where i was watching and i thought to myself um i remember there was an article years ago by kevin kelly who was a founding editor of and it's called A Thousand True Fans. And the thesis of the, of the article, which is, has been made into a book and it's there are whole programs about it, but it is oh. that creators need 1,000 true fans in order to make a living as a creator. And so I, that article popped in my mind and I thought to myself, well, YouTube is a great long form content platform to build community. I'm pretty good at bringing people together and you know, making connections, connecting critique partners, betas, all that sort of thing. What if I started making content and building out my community? I'm doing traditional publishing, so it'll take 100 years to get a book published. So I'll have plenty of time to build up that community before it's time to sell a book. Why not do it? And I jumped in, I hit record, I made at least 50 horrible videos uh, before (laughs) they started getting better and I started getting some traction. And then from there, it's been truly a dream. I mean, it it saved me this last year from the mental health stuff of being locked up, uh, not being able to leave home. It gave me a sense of community. Uh, It gave me lifelong friends around the world. Robin and I connected through Instagram And uh, again, someone that I was able to connect with in the writing community from across the world that I never would have connected with 
if the panini has had not happened. I don't know if your monetization <laughs> gets affected by the word, but on YouTube, we can't say it in our streams or on our videos or else they do. Seriously? Yes. Yes. You get demonetized because of the disinformation. They're demonetizing, oh. which is a good, you know, I'm, I'm all about it, right? It's a good thing. Yeah. But we have to be careful because when we have people on, if they say it, you're automatically demonetized. So I won't do that to you all. But okay, um, that was the- we'll call it the panini. Origin. I like that. Panini. Like yeah. That. It was yeah. my panini. So um, anyway, that was the that was the origin of AuthorTube, kind of how it how it started, what got me there. Um, I basically came for the writing advice and uh, stayed for the community. You know, I love a good romance story. This, mm -hmm. this sounds <laughs> this sounds like <laughs> well, not you know, not in the sense of you know uh, romantic and stuff like that, but it's like this is no, a I know, yeah. together. Oh, yeah. it's a bromance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, definitely. This is so good. Oh, Robin and I, we also met on Instagram. Isn't she like oh, fantastic? The queen of Instagram. I the moment the moment the, I'll tell you what it was with Robin when I fell in love and I can tell you the exact video. She did a live stream uh on, on Instagram where you were talking about hitting writing hitting a writer's block moment and like pushing through it. And it was such a positive message that I, I couldn't help but get kind of sucked into it and then mm. i went down the rabbit hole of like the reels and the shorts that you and the live stuff you put up the videos <laughs> and i was like this person i need to be friends so i did the thing i do which is kind of or maybe you reached out first i don't know who but i'm notorious for getting in people's comments and basically saying i want to be your friend like oh hi i'm barrett you're cool let's be friends like <laughs> so i think that's kind of how how it happened. <laughs> oh my God. I love okay. that. <laughs> here's, here's how I remember it, Barrett. And okay. you're, you're very generous, Barrett, and very kind. <laughs> I remember, first of all, I'm not going to lie. Barrett has the single best profile pick in all the internet. Go check it out for us. Googling, Googling. It's a power pose. It's, oh, I love it. And second of all, there was the pick. Ooh, Barrett, it was from the Fantasy Fairy Book Club. Ah, uh, yes. I saw that. <laughs> I said, we're the same person and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I'm looking at those wings right now in my office. They hang on my wall right across from my uh, where I'm sitting right now. So the the wings, I do remember this now. You are right. That, that was it. That oh, was right or wrong, Barry, it doesn't matter. As long as we came together, because when you talk about being a one true fan, I mean, I would follow Barrett to the moon. Like whatever Barrett does, <laughs> I'm here for it. Because first of all, excellent person, just excellent, excellent person. Second of all, very talented. When you watch his YouTube channel, when you see his Instagram posts, when you look at him on Twitter, go look at him on Twitter, friends. You take a little look at his follower count on Twitter, and I bet I'll have your attention. Mm, it, is, it is nothing little about that. 16.7 thousand right here. That's, That's right. where I'm at. Yeah. You but, got a new but, follow, by the way, Laurie. But well-deserved because, you know, Barrett brings the content, Barrett brings the information and Barrett is, say it with me, friends, professional. You know, sometimes not everybody can present content in a very engaging, interesting, fun way. Barrett can do it. And Barrett can tell you this stuff. Like when you watch Barrett's YouTube channel and you will watch it because he is amazing friends. Amazing. He talks about, first of all, YouTube and 
it's a little behind the scenes, a little move the veil behind the veil view yep. of YouTube, which I really appreciate the authenticity of that, Barrett. I really credit you for that. Thanks. He also talks about writing, publishing, his publishing journey. He has writing sprints. There is a critique group, a live critique group, which I have not had the courage to join yet. Oh, I can't wait to have you. I would love to have you both as guest hosts at some point too, if you'd like to come. Genuinely, genuinely. I so would love to, Barrett. I'm gonna, I'm gonna gather my courage, Barrett. I'm gonna gather my courage. I would love to. Yes. Ooh, live critique. I'm like, wow, it's gonna have to be a real good day. <laughs> And he talks about his journey with Crohn's. Now, friends, sometimes when we say that, you think, oh, it's a disability channel or, oh, it's going to be a downer. You would be wrong. His yeah. channel is uplifting. It's a great message. And it's fascinating. I have learned from you, Barrett. I have learned a lot from you. Recently, you did a video. Oh, I have to talk to you about this. Uh, <laughs> this video kind of hit me, hit me hard. It was... Crohn's made me a better writer. Oh, yeah. And I watched that video. Friends, wow. I watched that video. Tell us what that video is about, Barrett, and then I'll tell you my reaction. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. First of all, first of all, let me say, can I spend every morning with you two to just build me <laughs> up every day? That's what I need to start my day with. Um, this is the place. <laughs> No, listen, this, the good vibe tribe, that's what I call my, my crew that shows up for my videos and stuff online. Cause this is what we do for one another. You know, life's too short to kind of nitpick at one another. And I, I say that mm -hmm. about critique mm -hmm. live, especially because our goal is to build one another up, level up and encourage one another. And I love, love the positivity and the support, the, the video. I love that you mentioned it. Um, it you know, there is a thing going on in National uh, Novel Writing Month is happening right now. And yes. I'm a big fan of it. I think it's a wonderful nonprofit. I think it does amazing things. Um, I just, for me, I can't sign up for it and do the word count thing because I can't predict what my body's going to do uh, in, in, on a certain day, right? And so then I would give myself sort of anxiety about... Uh, oh, maybe I'm not a writer or I'm not as serious as someone else. And I started getting into my own head about it. And the more I thought about it, I went to my community. We have a, um, a, a little behind the scenes discord that I run with my moderators, the people that keep my chat in, in order. And I, I went to them and I said, you know, hey guys, I'm, I'm struggling with NaNoWriMo and what I should say and how we're going to do sprints. And I want to be there because a lot of my writers have disabilities, mental health stuff, different things, right, that, that, that are maybe limiting them or they feel are limiting them. And so I thought I need to tell, uh, be honest about what it's like for me, what it's been like for me. And, uh, and so I did, I sat down and said, hey, I could sit here and look at all the ways that Crohn's keeps me from the things I wanna do, or I can look at it and say, which is how I choose to move through the world, that I'm grateful for it because it woke me up. It, Crohn's made me stop the hustle culture life. Crohn's made me stop um, going 150 miles an hour and appreciate that my husband is sitting right next to me all the time. And often I was on a device or working in, in our time together instead of focusing on him. And the same was true for my writing, right? I wasn't giving it the time, the energy and the patience that it deserved, but my illness sort of forced me into that. And, and forced me to take that time for myself, forced me to say to myself, you can't do this today and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and I just wanted to kind of give that space for other writers and people who are struggling and, and to know they're not alone because 
oftentimes the creators that rise to the top um, are we're putting our best selves forward. And I always want to do my best to remind the people that are watching me, do not assume that because it looks shiny and pretty, the edited version that you see, there's a lot that happens behind the scenes. And, and I'm here for it. I'm here for you. And it's okay if you're not um, producing 50,000 words in a month or your body or your mind or whatever won't allow you. That's a-okay. I'm proud of you. I'm here with you. I'm cheering you on no matter what. And that's, that's what the video is about for me. And I've loved the response. I've had a couple of people that tell, tell me they're doing response videos to it. And I love it. I'm, I'm thrilled. I hope they put their stories out there. And I, I want to see more of us talking about our weaknesses um, that to us, to others are seen as weaknesses, to me, are strengths. So, yeah. That's oh, Barrett. Barrett. Oh, preach, my I'm, friend. I'm <laughs> crying. I'm crying. I absolutely is... have tears in my eyes. Barrett. Yes. Yeah. I this this speaks to me so deeply, deeper than you probably realize. As someone who deals with acute illness, mm. um, and it's not good looking. That not that kind of cute. Uh, I <laughs> I thank you. Right. That that one took me a second. And I got <laughs> there. It is. I relate so completely and profoundly, Barrett, to what you've said uh, from your comments about Nano. So I'm doing Nano Rimo unofficially. Yep. Uh, because everything you said, I echo every single word that you said, I can't necessarily do it the way it's set out. And then I feel bad. And that goes into a spiral. But if I do it on my own, everything is a win. And it can be fun and enjoyable. And that's just how it works for me. Anybody who's participating in, in standard NaNoWriMo, I'm cheering you on. I'm excited for you. This is just how it works for me. This is just about my personal journey. Yeah. Uh, so, and priorities. Barrett, mm -hmm. I watched the video and you you gave the first P for priorities. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it's like you were seeing into my soul, really. Because again, I echo every single thing that you said about before the diagnosis being worked fo work focused and being uh, kind of, yeah, I, I was very, I'll speak for myself. I was very ambitious and yep. I was very driven and those are good things, but when taken to excess, those can be almost obsessive in nature. You know, it, it kind of, it becomes a little cycle that you can get stuck on the hamster wheel of it. And I was, I was stuck and diagnosis shook me up, shook up my life and really changed my priorities. And just every little thing that you said, I spend more time with my husband. Mm -hmm. I'm more thoughtful about, I am so much more thoughtful about how I spend my time, Barrett. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> I'm a slicer and dicer, man. I'm like Edward Scissorhands over here. Enjoy. <laughs> well, the thing about- bring me, the Enjoy, thing about I'm out. Yep, yeah, you cut it. You have to. And the thing about time, let me just say this. It's finite, people. We only have mm -hmm. so much of it right? It's not an, it's not an infinite resource. So, so if we only have so much time on this earth, we have to be intentional with how we spend it. And, and you have a unique perspective of this, Robin, living outside of the States, but, but I, I wonder, at least this is true of my friends that live in Europe, they really do not understand our work culture and, and yes. don't understand our, our need for more and our, our belief system that we are tied to what we do instead mm -hmm. of what we do is tied to us. And, mm -hmm. and that we're not a complete person unless we're doing some amazing job thing, right? Or on some path. And I don't know, I just reject 
I, for me, I have to reject that, right? And part of it's because I can't, right? I, I was, I, Robin and I talked about this. I have two master's degrees. I was pursuing a PhD to teach when I got sick and, and had to leave academia, which, I, which was my dream. That was my job was, or I really wanted to teach and, and love being in front of, uh, of my kids. But um, when that wasn't an option anymore, I really had to stop and kind of say, what are you doing this for? You know, the, what, what is the PhD going to do for me other than fulfill that need to teach? And when it stopped me, I thought, okay, so if this is what I do and I want to touch the world, change people's lives, make a positive impact, how else can I teach that isn't that? And that will allow me the time to enjoy the people I love, uh, invest in them, and put my time and energy there so that when, the, when, my, time, when my last breath happens on this earth. I don't want it to be at all connected to the work that I did on this earth. I need it to be about the people that I loved, that I oh, impacted, that impacted me. Yeah, right? the connections. A hundred percent. Because otherwise, I, I just don't, for me, that's that, that was what the, the illness gave me, was that wake up call of like, what are you doing? Get off this hamster wheel. It's okay. You don't need the extra X thousands of dollars a year and you don't, you know, let's simplify our lives and see what it looks like. And it's been beautiful. You know, it's, we've made some sacrifices for sure, but my gosh, we're happier. You know, it's, it's just, oh. a, it's a happier existence, you know? So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Robin, but I, that was, I wanted to jump in. No, you're good, Barry. You're very good. And everything you said about Europeans and work culture, absolutely, absolutely is accurate. Okay. It's very interesting. Sometimes American companies, um, when they open a satellite here in Ireland, uh, the first thing they want to do is, you know, have people work the schedule that people are willing to work in America. Uh -huh. And that's actually illegal here. <laughs> <laughs> Illegal, like fully illegal. It could be here. <laughs> yes. All right. Oh, I'm going to get now, us in trouble. We'll stay away from politics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's stay away. Eric, <laughs> when you first knew you were a writer, when you first started writing, how old were you? Seven or eight. It was very early. Um, I'm lucky to have the book. It was just found. I made a six-page construction <laughs> paper book for my mom. Uh, tied with yarn in the edges, and it was about my babysitter being a witch. Um, <laughs> so I like to say that I was writing kidlit fantasy story even then, and it's only it's only gotten worse as I've aged. So that was the first one, and I'm again glad to have found it. But the first like real story that I put together was probably about ten. I remember. I think it was fifth grade. The only reason I remember that is. My mom, it was either fifth or sixth grade because I got in trouble for it because it was a story about Mickey and Minnie Mouse and that Don Donald Daffy Duck, Mickey and Minnie Mouse and Donald Duck murders Mickey. Uh. And it's a mystery. <laughs> and I got in a lot of trouble because it was too much for the class. So um, yeah, I wandered into murder mysteries at too young an age. So um, I got in a little bit of trouble for that one. So as long as I can remember and then professionally, you know, I, I worked in communications. So that was writing adjacent, you know, um, speech writing, press releases, uh, messaging, things like that. So there was always a writing element. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, Barrett, we are the same person, my dear. We are. I, I wrote my first murder mystery 
involving cocaine at <laughs> nine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. You, you got to hear that episode. That was so funny. Oh, my God. I, I have questions about this. You really should. <laughs> I was can't, like, what were you thinking about? Way. Right. How did, I, how did I know about that? Anyway, questions. We all have questions. Yes. So... Are you a nano rebel this year, Barrett? Are yes. you in, are you a rebel? Are you an unofficial rebel? I am or? a rebel. I am, in fact, my sprints. I'm calling uh, the nano rhymo rebels and join the rebellion. Oh, I like it for all of my sprints through nano. Um, yes, and I'm actually. I, I came out and talked about this uh, in my first live stream of nano. I've been holding this back. I've been kind of blocked for writing my next book since this summer. I, I went out with a, a YA story uh, in the spring. Uh, did six queries, got uh, five responses and requests, one re straight up rejection, but but really good response. And one of those was an R and R. I did the R and R and in uh, turned it in. It was rejected, and I, I regret doing it not because of the experience, but but um, they'd asked me to change a character's sexuality, and they asked me Aww. to change it, or uh, excuse me, their gender, and they asked me to change it based on my main character's sexuality and the believability of whether that character's best friend would be a straight guy. And um, I, I regret that, you know, um, I do not begrudge the agent think, I don't, I don't think there was a, a bad intent with it, right? But when I look back at the conversation for the R&R, &R, the request that she had made was, uh, I don't know that breeders would believe that a gay main character would have a straight male best friend in high school. And, um, so I, I rewrote the story, spent two months rewriting it, of course, and uh, turned it in and it was a reject. And it's funny because when I turned it in, I told my critique partner, she won't accept this. And she said, how do you know that? I said, it's not good anymore. I said, the part of the story that made it great was the friendship between mm -hmm. them. And, uh, and, and my critique partner said, you know, you're so tied to this. I said, well, the character that she changed uh, is based on my best friend. So I know that a straight person could be friends with an out gay person in high school because that would have been us in 1998 when that was definitely not a socially acceptable widely thing so I, I should have pushed back on it i regret it and it left a bad taste in my mouth so i've been a little blocked so what i've been doing instead is writing flash fiction and short stories and i basically told folks in my stream hey i've been in a bad spot mentally working through uh, being upset with myself for not standing up for my my people and what I believe is right and wrong in that instance. Um, and not that I should have been aggressive with the agent. I think I just should have said, you know, I'm not comfortable with that change because of being a member of the LGBT community. And I don't agree with your assessment on that. So thank you, but no thank you. I'm going to keep moving. And so I didn't do that. I think I'll be getting back into my novel writing, but NaNoWriMo isn't the time to do it. You know, it's there's too much stress, there's too much pressure, and I'm not doing that to myself. And because I do all of this for the audience, you know, they see me fail on an R and R, they see me apply, you know, doing my queries. Uh, they I talk about rejections with them. You know, when you share the ups and downs, um, I have to share the the downs too. You know, I have to share. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't do it right now, and um, and that's been tough. But so the long answer to your question, yes, on being a rebel writing short stories and flash fiction, working mainly on voice because my next story, I'm gonna go down for middle grade. Um, so I'm working on a younger voice uh, in these stories and just practicing, you know, which is what flash and short stories are great for, for writers. There's there's no commitment, you know, to a long, 
uh, process. You can play around with things quickly. So, if I could just interject, Barrett, you know, <laughs> was this was this your first time querying? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. So my my friend, I think you're being super hard on yourself. Just mm -hmm. uh, just a thought. Uh, you, yeah. you didn't know at the time. So this agent talked to you, they gave you an idea, yeah. you tried it, you know, give yourself some credit for being willing to try it is my humble opinion. Oh, yeah. And I, I think you're a superstar. I think oh. querying <laughs> is really hard. Yeah. I think that someone said, Hey, why don't you try it like this? Yeah. You did all that work, Barrett. Really, yeah. kudos yeah. to you for trying it. And now you learn something that okay. you'll take with you. By the way, this story uh, out gay best friend in the nineties uh, with a straight best with a male straight best friend. I want to read it. I want to <laughs> know about it. I want it in my life. So I hope in the future when you're ready. I hope you'll continue querying. Oh, I will. Oh, I'm not going to quit querying. Good. Let me say that. I, I don't want to. Basically, what, what I, so the feedback I got from the other agents that had requested was a series is tough in YA, so saturated with series. Um, come at us with a standalone book uh, first, and then it's easier to sell a for All of them liked the story. It was just a series is a tough sell in YA. And so, um, again, the, with the r, &R I, I don't regret doing it. I'm really glad I did because I now know the experience. I know what that looks like. I know what the expectation is of me. But I also, and to what you said, Robin, learned about myself. It is okay if you're not comfortable. And I preach this in my videos. If you're not comfortable with what the agent's recommending, say that and, and see what mm -hmm. their feedback is. Because, you know, what's funny, when I pushed with the agent, when we were talking, once I turned it in and she rejected, when we were visiting, she said, you know, I said, I didn't quite understand why you wanted to change the gender. And I wish I'd have been able to talk to you about it. And she goes, I wish you'd reached out. And I said, well, you're like a major agent with like four best, you know, New York Times best <laughs> on your list. I, I would never assume you. Did I think you were going to take my call? Like, you know, and it's, what's funny is she goes, I would have. I wish you would have reached out. And so that's something I learned, right? Like, don't get starstruck by the who they are or who's representing them because you're going into business together. So if you're not comfortable, you know, kind of pushing back on their ideas and then pushing back on yours, it's not going to be the right fit anyway. Right. So again, you're so right, Robin. I learned a ton. I'm definitely going to query again. I just think with this book, I am going to set it aside for a little while and come back to it once I've done another project and queried that one. I'm not sure this is the story to, to try to come out with. Uh, first, because again, pretty much of the five that requested, I had the one R and R that was the rejection over the R and R, but the other four, all of them said the same thing. Series is a tough sell, um, and I'm worried we won't sell it. So what? And all of them said the same thing. What other book do you have? And I didn't have one yet, so it was kind of um. like, oh. So so that was the deal on on querying. But I querying, I could go on and on about forever because it is a fascinating, <laughs> fascinating. Well, I, I have a question, Barrett. Yeah. What what is R and R? I'm oh, way behind sure, in the conversation. Sure. So when you submit uh, a query, an agent will request a partial or a full, and then if they decide, uh, for, they'll set up a call with you. Right? You'll get an email. It says, "I'd love to talk to you." You freak out. You assume, "Oh my gosh, I'm getting an agent. This is the best news ever." And then they call, and the first thing they say is, "I really loved your story. I'm not ready to offer representation yet. Would you spend 30, 60, 90 days doing a revise and resubmit?" And what they'll do is send you an editorial letter. And y'all, my editorial letter 
was 12 pages, single spaced. <laughs> like, I cannot tell you how in depth, I mean, it was beautiful, right? Because it was such great um, insight into some of the weaknesses that I have in my writing that were, that I never saw, that my CPs missed, right? So yeah. invaluable on that front uh, and super detailed and essentially practice for what you're going to get with an editor when they buy the manuscript, right? Because it's gonna be the same process. It's gonna be rounds of revisions through editorial letters. So on all fronts, wonderful practice. The advice I'd give anyone is if you get an R&R, on that first call, you're gonna be excited because you think it's an offer call. Really have your notes ready, including notes for questions for the R&R, like specifics on the changes they want and things like that. And don't be afraid to ask for a follow-up call with that agent when you get the R&R revision letter, which you won't get, or at least I didn't on that call. I got it about a week later. I would have set up a follow-up call when I got the letter just to clarify I understood everything, right? And to mm -hmm. work through any differences. So that would be my little limited experience with the R&R &R and what I would tell people. Wow. Yeah. That, that is an experience. It was, it was an experience. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny because it is, uh, it's, querying is such an odd thing. I keep telling people it's such an odd thing because you're, you're setting up a business partnership with someone that you really only know through the sales that they've made uh, and the clients that they have. And of course, now with Twitter, we can kind of watch certain agents and see how they behave or, or what their values are. Um, but it's really hard in one conversation or two yes. to know if they're your person. And my gosh, you're putting a lot into them. So the other thing I'd say that I did do with my r, &R agent, I requested three authors that worked for them, or excuse me, worked with them that I could talk to. Um, and I did reach out to all three and all three of them were wonderful and responded to me with, with pretty honest answers about the agent was terribly slow on responding, <laughs> mm -hmm. but they were all like, you know, she's great and everything, but yeah, those emails are slow. So <laughs> <laughs> did you check it like every second? Just oh my see? gosh. Oh yes. my gosh. My, <laughs> let me just say my husband had to deactivate my email on my cell phone because I was like refreshing it so often. He was like, you, you, you really need to slow your roll on this. So yes, yes, that is, I think that's perfectly normal to do though. Yes, you're all excited and you're giddy. But I just wanted to say like, from listening to you, I think you, you kind of, you gave us a, a great example of how to like, just not shut out our intuitions because I, I've, I have found myself in situations where I have like this little voice, right? Yep. Yep. inside my head saying, no, 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 you know, I don't, you know, don't do that. You should do it this way. Yeah. And it's like, and when I don't listen to it, usually that's when it's like, oh yeah, you know, yeah. 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 Well, and tell me this, I, you know, again, I'm a pretty, um, let's see, what's the word? I'm the most privileged of my LGBT community you could get. I'm a cis white male, right? So I'm, I'm the treated the best. However, I have been in some situations where you sit there and you go, Ooh, that joke's homophobic. Am I going to say yeah. something or not? Right? Like mm -hmm. it feels a little bit like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing I think I learned here is that, um, I, I don't think it was meant in like a homophobic way. I really don't. I think the agent was looking at it from the perspective of sales and sellability, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and so, but I still wish I had pushed back. Because mm -hmm. I, the, the part of me that feels regret is, is the gay kid inside 
who wrote the story for the gay kid that needs to pick it up and read it. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of that. And and what the good that came out of that is the middle grade story that came to me, which I'll I'll give you a little taste of of my yes. story, and you can tell me what you think. <laughs> but um, so the idea for the story, my husband and I were watching Big. Did you ever see the movie Big? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So right, we're watching Big with Tom Hanks, and the movie ends. And uh, I was talking to Rick. I said, "What if there was a kid?" who's gay, he's picked on at school, and it's middle school, right? So younger than high school, picked on at school, and he goes to the uh, school fair and has an interaction with a palm reader. And the next day, his three bullies are queer like him, which would be the title, queer like me. Ah! And what happens when those oh my bullies God. are gay? Like, and, and the good and the bad, right? The, the fun and game section will be all about the character figuring out, wait a minute, this isn't all I thought it would be. And and they're paying repercussions that maybe I never considered, right? And then in the end, how does he make it right? And and again, I think it's better for middle grade. I don't want the there to be any kind of, you know, I, I want it to be very for that age group to kind of see yes. acceptance and, and love, but not a romantic thing or anything that's too old for them, right? Uh, yeah. But anyway, so that's the idea for Queer Like Me. I have it, it it's the first, book I've had fully formed in my mind, like the outline flew off, like out of my mind onto the page. And then R&R came back and I was like, oh, we're going to take a break from writing this for a second because I just wasn't in the right headspace. Right. So I knew I was like, OK, I'm going to take a little time, read a bunch of middle grade books, which I've been doing all summer and fall, which is you got to tell me which ones. Oh, I have a list for you. I was told that you were you were curious about which middle grade books warm my soul. So I yes. made a list for you. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Okay. Well, so number one, Dear Sweet Pea is one of my favorites. The Thing About Jellyfish, Maybe a Mermaid, My Life as an Ice Cream Cone. <laughs> um, Nevermore is... Uh, you know, fantasy. So that one's obviously a favorite. And the one that I just finished this week that is absolutely one of my favorite reads of the year is called Starfish. And it is a wonderful middle grade story about body positivity. I love it. And I'm here for it. If, if, if you read one middle grade story this year and you're looking for a different MC, let it be Starfish because every once in a while, there is a book in middle grade that has the voice that I, the moment I open it, I think, oh my gosh, this was written by a kid. And I swear this book did that to me. It transported me. So I cannot say enough good things about Starfish. Ooh, oh, I'm getting it, Barrett. That, that's oh, all that I needed. Cause I've yes. been looking at it. I've been looking at the cover, love the cover. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm here for that cover. And you know, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like a cover person whenever oh, I see too. a book. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <gasps> The cover. Did you see it's, it, Robin? It's, right. Oh, it's Beautiful. Starfish by Leah by Lisa yes. Phipps. Lisa Phipps. The cover yeah. is extraordinary. Oh my! And God. it's a different writing style. You know, it's it's not. It, it is a little different, right? So I'll tell you that going in, as far as the the way the book's written. Um, however, like I said, I just think, and maybe it was because I was a chubby kid, y'all. I don't know. But when I <laughs> saw that cover, I said, "This is for me." And Ricky looked at me and said, another book, huh? And I said, yes, that is <laughs> that is what we're doing here. That is how this works. Barrett, we got to get Ricky on the show. We got to talk to him yeah. about oh. cats, cats and books. <laughs> we love you, Ricky, we, but we, we got to talk. We love cats and books here. I love Just both. Saying. Here's the thing. Ricky has become this, this um, 
beloved thing in my community where they all love <laughs> Ricky shenanigans. Last night I had a live stream and I got dressed for it, which I didn't realize I hadn't, I guess, done that in a while. And my husband came home from work and goes, oh, look, you're wearing clothes and you look so nice. Was it a good day? And I thought, wow. I thought, you know, I need to do more at home. I, I need to step it up here. This has been a long panini and I need to put on more than sweatpants once in a while. So anyway, my audience heard him in the background because uh, he came home and was talking behind me and they love that. You know what I mean? They get such a kick Aww. out of he and I and our silliness. So. Aww. Yeah. Maybe some shirt saying I heart Ricky. I heart Ricky. I know. Well, yes! I tell everyone Merch. my mom and family love Ricky more than me. So it, it would make sense <laughs> that the community would as well. <laughs> Ricky, we love you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Barrett, when you started writing. Yeah. Like seriously writing, mm -hmm. whatever that means, which yeah. as soon as I say seriously writing, I'm questioning <laughs> my life. So take that with a grain of salt. Did you instantly gravitate toward middle grade or have you written any adult? Have you written any? Well, you've written YA, right? I, I've written all exclusively YA um, novels. So and and here's the thing. Uh, so, Sorry, let me let you finish the question before I jump in. Sorry. <laughs> no, we're casual here. Go ahead. Okay. All I was going to say, um, always have written books in, in YA as my category, only because that's what I read. I think part of that is that I became a reader in the, the middle grade YA age. And uh, it's also that coming of age, we, we, YA is all about coming of age. That, that's what that category is, is about. It's what it's for. And I think that the part of me that has always been inspired to tell stories has been to still tell stories to that gay kid who in 1998 could find three books that had gay characters in them in my library. And, and they were way inappropriate for my 14 and 15 year old library card, uh, but they checked them out to me, bless them. Uh, at any rate, I think that's why I gravitated to those books. I, I, my short stories are almost exclusively for adults. Uh, the one I did for Pride is called Unconditional. It is based on uh, my husband's experience with his family. And it was for an anthology of a bunch of author tubers that wrote stories. And the prompt was to write about the best and worst of pride. And so uh, the video is on my channel if anybody wants to listen to the story. But it's really quick. It's 10 minutes long. And it just tells the story of a drag queen who reaches out to his parents who are fundamentalist Christians and uh, asks them to come to his first pride where he's leading the parade. And it's the story of how the parents react. And, and it specifically follows the father on his journey back to his son. And I, I something about that story um, has made me feel like when my husband read it, he had a really emotional reaction. It's one of the largest, uh, most watched videos on my channel. Uh, gotten a great reaction there. There is a story, a novel there somewhere that I will attempt someday. Um, but I see as far as adult stories would be short stories or a one-off novel here or there. Um, otherwise, I really am just drawn to kids. Kids are more fun <laughs> when it comes to how excited they get about the characters they love. And if you can create a character in a world that makes a kid move through the world not feeling alone, that's all I need. I don't need to earn out a contract. I do not need to be a New York Times bestseller. I need one kid in a mall to walk up to me and be like, 
wow, your book um, made me rethink coming out to my family, uh, or your book made me strong enough to tell my friends who I, who I am, or I, I don't know, pick the thing, but that to me is success. And yes, I will definitely give you the links, Joa. <laughs> Thank you, Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I know Robert was like, you guys are like twins, but you saying these things, I'm like, this is, this is me. Like I see myself and what you just said, uh, because it's like that, that's so, it's so relatable. It, it's the same reason why I write and why I like to write to a young audience. And, and for whatever reason, the, the, novels the stories when they come out the full length it's, it's either ya or currently for middle grade but my short stories whenever they come out it's more adult yeah and i don't know why that works out for me that way but it does Joa, um, what is what do you feel your voice when, when you're writing what is a more natural voice for you the ya or mg or are you able to move back and forth pretty easily for me, the more natural is just this snarky YA. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. No, me too. I know yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting in that middle grade voice, but it's hard. I'm so, yes. I am much more comfy <laughs> in that like, you know, angsty teenager. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that question everything and just, yes. you know, has that yes. smart aleck, you know, personality and too yes. cool. Yeah, yes. too cool for uh -huh. all the things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yeah. but still an outsider because I feel like that was me. Oh, you know, same. I just still an outsider, never had many friends, you know, had very few. Right. And um, but but still I felt like, you know, I had a place in the world, you know, yeah. and I and I fought for it every single time. Yeah. And same. yeah, so that comes out in, in the writing a lot. Yeah. Good. I can't wait to read your stories. Oh, thank you. I can't wait to read yours. What are you talking about? Oh, Tradition my God. Traditional publishing. You should see them about 2025. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, that middle grade right there that you was talking about with, with that take on big, yes. that is so unique. That's oh, so original. Like that, that is something. And, and I don't think well, I'm sure you do realize how important it is for kids that age to understand that their feelings are okay. A hundred percent. You know, that their feelings are normal. And, and, and yeah, um, and that that is what you're bringing, the, you know, with that story is just normalizing those dark, feelings and emotions. The dark side to that story, because there isn't light without darkness. And, and yes. the, the dark side to that story, I uh, was on the board of the LGBT center. I live in Missouri um, for everyone that's, that's, listening. Uh, I live in St. Louis, but I grew up in Jefferson City, Missouri, and I was on the board of the LGBT Center called the Center Project in Columbia. It is Columbia, Missouri, which is about 30 minutes north. It is the only LGBT center um, outside of St. Louis and Kansas City. And mm. we're a big state, guys, six million people. Yeah. Um, so it was a needed space. And I led up the youth program with kids. Um, I, one of my kids that that was started with us as a as a 14 year old, um, I, uh, had a successful suicide attempt in oh. um, in in the beginning of the, the Panini, and so I I know there was a lot of bullying there. Um, uh, it, it's haunted me because uh, I follow each of those kids, even though they've grown up yeah. and gone on. Um, but it it hit me, and I thought, you know, I there kids at that age, at that thirteen to fifteen age, need to feel that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And and that's my mission. So with with queer like me, that's 
that's where that story came from, where I thought, okay, the YA stories I love and they're fantasy and they're escape, but this story came to me fully formed. And this is the kind of story that if I were that age and it picked it up, it would have made me not feel alone. Yes. So um, anyway, we'll see. I think I'll get pushed back on the title because again, queer is gonna be an interesting word for a middle grade book, but um, we shall see. <laughs> God, they should just get with the times already. I know. I know. That's my venting. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I think the publishers push back and I, I get where it's coming from. It's gonna come from marketing. The people buying middle grade books aren't actually the kids, it's the parents. So yes. I get it, right? And, and again, that's part of the reason I want traditional publishing. One, I don't have the money to do self-publishing right, real talk. And uh, two, I need professionals to tell me what I don't know. So yes. um, yeah, so that's that. I have nothing against self-pub, by the way, all, all about self-pub. And if I thought I could pull it off, y'all, I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, Joe, our category doesn't sell as well in self-publishing. I so, know, so I yeah. know I'm going against that. Yeah, by doing that, I, I did a little bit of research and, and yeah. yes, and, and that's what I'm tracking. And it's like, but so like you, I'm, I just, I really just want to connect. Yep. And this is something that Robin and I talked about. I'm like, I, I'm okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not here for the money or yeah. anything like that. I just really want to connect and I want other little Dominican weird looking kids out yes. there, you know, to see themselves yes. and to have a story about them. And, yes. you know, well, and let me give yeah. you, let me drop some tips on you. Cause this is what I do over my channel. So Ooh. are you aware? That I subscribed. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. I'm going to be seeing you. Joa, are you aware that Publishers Weekly will allow you to submit for a free review? Now, it is no. something they have to choose you for. I'm going to send you the link as soon as actually okay. I will send the link so you can put it in the show notes for anyone yes. self pub that wants to do this. But here's the secret about Publishers Weekly. A little bit of insight, folks. Something like 60 or 55% of their subscription base are libraries and librarians. It is the hot spot for especially kid librarians to pick their books. So for self-published authors in the YA or MG space, I will give Joa and Robin a link that they can put in their description box that is gonna give you the guidelines for what you need to do to submit to Publishers Weekly. I cannot guarantee you'll be picked for the free one, right? I just can't. But yeah. if you are picked, I have a friend who was self-pubbed, submitted, uh, it, it, it was the difference in 380 some odd sales to, that were from Ingram Spark, which she believes were libraries, because it's kind of hard to track like where they're going. However, like two weeks after the, the article came out, she got that bump. And then after that, about two or three months after the, the review, she got a book box where she <gasps> sold another 300 or 400. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, yeah. in publishing, that's a lot of books, guys. Yes. Like, I'm here for selling 600 books. So let me get you that information so you can at least submit and try, right? And yes. for those that have the, the money to spend, there is a paid version where you can definitely get reviewed. Um, however, I don't know whether, I, I've never been able to tell which are paid and free, um, but I'm not sure if that's just because I'm not like a, a industry person to not know that, but um, there is a paid option as well, where you can for sure get your review in Publishers Weekly. So um, that's just one little advice, because the big thing I see that's holding self-pub back in YA and middle grade, from my limited view, um, is, is the librarians, right? It's mm -hmm. that distribution network to school librarians, to English teachers, um, things like that, right? Um, yes. The other thing I would say, Joa, do you have a book out 
So I got two short stories in an anthology right now. Sweet. Okay. But, but my short stories are adult. Adult. Right? Okay. Yeah. Adult focus. No worries. Yeah. I'm going to dig in and see. Here's what I was going to say. If you finish a novel and you self-publish it, the other tip that I would give that Michelle Schusterman, who is a traditionally published middle grade author, if you guys haven't heard of her, she's got an amazing YouTube channel. Um, however, uh, she has said multiple times that the biggest way for her to sell books is school visits. And she's in Texas too, Joa. She's in Dallas. So, <laughs> right. So what she does is she creates a, a school guide. So uh, for English teachers to have some kind of discussion topics based around the book. So the, your publisher at a traditional publisher does that for you. But for self-pub, you do it yourself. It's not hard. It's easy to do. And once you have it, you can start reaching out to schools and say, I'd love to come and do a visit, you know, and talk about my book. You'll be surprised. A lot of times teachers will say, heck yeah, I'd love to have somebody come in and give me a planning hour or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, so consider that option too, you know, don't close yourself off to reaching out directly to schools and promoting your book on your behalf. Um, and, and a lot of times they'll be open to it, you know, and you'll sell some books, you'll get some exposure you wouldn't have had otherwise. And once you've done, I would say five to 10 visits, start charging. Yes. I'm as valuable, charge for it. I always say give away a few for free. It's the old lost leader thing. Uh, get, a, get a few satisfied customers in the door first. Um, and then uh, don't be afraid to charge for your time. Your time is valuable and you should charge for it. So, so think about those, you know, don't, don't be afraid of those things. And, and the last thing I'd say to authors, and I know I'm as guilty of this as everyone else, but you know, I, I do a lot of coaching with myself, pub friends on AuthorTube, where we meet backstage and kind of talk through their book launches and different things. And the number one advice I give to people is this. If you're not willing to go out and be your book's biggest and loudest fan, why in the world should anybody else? Mm -hmm. so, so whatever you do, do it full-throated, do it with all of your heart, full-chested, and be as proud of your book baby as you should be. And others will feel that excitement. You know, it starts from you, the creator. Barrett, your words are like just raining on me right now and making me so happy. <laughs> I, I need to, I'm telling you guys, I need this from you. I need the build up from you guys every day. I'm oh my God. Robin, remember, so I asked Robin, I was yeah. like, I want to connect with middle grade authors. I was like, well, I feel like I'm just swimming on my own out here, you know. So um, I have a whole community on AuthorTube I will send you to. Uh, Laura Nettles am right now um, beta reading her project, which you guys, she will be agented early next year and <gasps> be the next R.L. Stein. She writes these oh. wonderfully spooky books for middle grade and I'm living for it. So Joa, I'll connect you with Laura Nettles. Um, Kristen Please. and her books is another middle grade writer on YouTube. Um, Moon Petri is a good friend of mine. I'm beta reading her story Glow right now, which is about a bisexual middle grade character starting a queer, queer group in schools. Um, wow. Yeah. Like there's an amazing community on YouTube. Of, oh, Lindsay Puckett is blowing up right now on YouTube. She got an agent, uh, sold a two book deal with Scholastic and just got a movie agent. Oh, um, yes. The Glass Witch. Glass yes. Witch, yes, yes. Can't wait for it. Yes, yes, me either. I love Lindsay. Oh my goodness. Her her channel is the original Good Vibe family. So yes, Joa, I will connect oh, you I with feel the love everyone there. in my community. So you can you can because yes, we middle grade folks have to stick together. Um, I love YA, it is my home, but holy moly, the YA publishing side is a dumpster fire. Yeah. So um <laughs> 
just a lot. I, I do not understand why people don't have group chats with their friends and family to like take out their feels. Um, but middle grade does not have that problem. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm moving towards that side um, of the ledger because I, I'm going to let YA simmer down uh, before yeah. I wander back over. <laughs> It's on fire. It's on fire right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so sad though. That's like my favorite genre to, I know. to read. I me love me some YA. Yes. Me. Me. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Robin, thank you so much for connecting us. I mean, I you, yeah. <laughs> you are so welcome. Barrett. Yes. It has been a joy to oh, have you here today. Lovely. We may need to have you back again because yes. We need to dip into the pool of your knowledge and we need to to continue this discussion another time because there's so much here. Also, I want to tell you, Barrett, yeah. that you have made me think. I am a person like you, like Joa. Mm -hmm. I'm not here for like ha, publishing money. Let's just laugh right. at that. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> publishing money. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but I want to change the world. Yeah. And my idea was to do this in adult literature and to go a little dark and blah 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 yeah but you know what <gasps> the young audience Have like converted you guys it? really have it you're you're I'm telling you're you. onto something that i hadn't considered to change the world maybe it's more effective or more powerful or more meaningful to talk to the young people to show the young people what the world could be that it doesn't have to be exactly as it is today so i will be thinking about this for weeks and months to come barrett thank you very much um thank you because that really hit me the way that you said it the way that you talked about it really hit me hard it's and it's my passion and listen if i can ever get you two over on my youtube channel i'd love to have you both on to do this over on my in my world on the tube. Yay! We're we're there. We're, we're there. there. Joe and I, we're there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know I'll have my Christmas time. pajamas on. I've already Yay! <laughs> I can't wait. All right, friends. Thank you again, Barrett. We have loved having you here. Yes. Loved. I can't say that enough. This was friends, go out there and follow Barrett Laurie. Now, he's a genius with branding because he's at Barrett Laurie on YouTube. His channel name is Barrett Laurie. On Instagram and on Twitter, he is at Barrett underscore Laurie in both places. So you can find him easily. Thank you again, Barrett. No, we love you. you. Thank you. I appreciate you both. This was a friendship made in heaven. Thank you both. Yes, and you're an angel. Oh, I love you both. <laughs> you are. You are an angel, Barrett. <laughs> Thank you to our wonderful guest, Barrett Laurie. We appreciate you. We value you. We have really enjoyed our time here with you today, Barrett. Thank you so much. Friends, this is the end of another episode. Join us next time for a great discussion about a wonderful book. We'll see you there. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.